Did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he'd put on a dress and play a girl bunny? No. <laughs> no. Neither did I. I was, I was just asking. Some funny nerd tangent, unfunny nerd tangent, party time, excellent! Alright, hello and welcome to the unfunny nerd tangent. Episode 15, Wayne's World. Uh, I'm, I'm your host, Tim, also appearing on attackofthedad.com. Extreme close-up, whoa! I'm, I'm sure that totally works in this format. Yeah, I'm sure the microphone sounds coming from that, like... You didn't realize this, but Tim just about deep throated the mic there. That could fit. All right, also joining us, he's from Briegsbin, which is in the Strait of Kriegsland near the Greek coast. The monthly rainfall varies from about 12 inches in winter to about 51 inches in summer, and his chief export is Hemsworth Brothers. I did a project in Australia in the eighth grade. With us as always is Grieg, but you can call him Greg. I am here, but hey, what's what's this about? With you as always, <laughs> I'm, I'm your little monkey, am I? <laughs> All right, this next guy plays lead guitar for the Shitty Beatles, but don't let the name fool you. He can wail. He's intensity in ten cities. Double Life Gonzo live at the Burj Khalifa. He's in his hanging out with Ravi Shankar phase, but we still love him. In Dubai, the beast from the Middle East, Daryl Johnson. Party on, Tim. Party on, Daryl. And finally. Uh, we're in his parents' basement in Phoenix, Arizona. He's a gelatinous cube that eats warriors in a medieval village. If he were an ice cream flavor, he'd be Pralines and Pappy Van Winkle. He owns many guns and would never complain about a rack. Joining me in Phoenix, it's the Super Jew, Jared Mimitz. Wow, I don't even know how to respond to that intro. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> I've been usurped. <laughs> This is, yeah, I've, I've been like preparing for this for, for 25 years since the movie came out. <laughs> this is the crowning achievement of Tim's life. It's like getting a show on public access. It really is. Tim just opened his wallet and all his, all his notes fell out like Fletch. <laughs> so, God, we're, we're never doing a Fletch episode, are we? No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> Only if there's the demand for it. We will do it. If we'll, we'll talk for an hour and a half about how. Swell. Yeah, that doesn't really hold up. Yeah. We that can get in the Kevin. Play for the Lakers? What the fuck was that? <laughs> we can get in the Kevin Smith reference early on this one and, and talk about how they, they never end up making their, uh, their Jason Lee version of Fletch. <laughs> God. All right, excellent nerd tangent. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so it's been it's been twenty five years since Wayne's World. <laughs> remember, remember what I said, Tim. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, it's too late, man. Thank you for letting me host, and may God have mercy on your soul. I- ironically, Tim fucking it up makes this more like Wayne's World than it actually would be if he wasn't fucking up. 
All right. <laughs> so this must be what Johnny Carson felt like when he was at home. <laughs> it's, this is kind of the perfect movie for us because while we're not, none of us have basements. Uh, actually, I don't know if Greg has a basement, but but we're <laughs> we're all just sort of you know, on a shoestring and just whatever we have with us. We're hanging out in our apartments, just chatting. That's pretty much what Wayne's World is. Yeah, I think about the, we're kind of close to a parents' basement because we are in my girlfriend's living room, so <laughs> not that far off. That's true. That's pretty good. And she's been kicked out to a back room. Right? <laughs> <laughs> she has to wait for us to do this and wonder what the hell we're shouting about. Yeah, and I'm in front of my computer, which means I have to wear my glasses. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and I think we yeah we all owe it to uh, Wayne's World for. Showing us that we can do this and still somehow get girls. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're all attached at this point, yeah. which is a minor miracle in and of itself. That's kind of like a dream sequence type event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that is kind of amazing. We we all actually have girls. That's <laughs> that's astounding yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> children, some of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It proves the same. There's somebody for everybody. <laughs> There's a lid for every pot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I remember back in the uh, winter of 1992, I was at like the local movie theater to see Beauty and the Beast probably for the second time. Um, you know, and I was uh, nine years old. And... Uh, I, I bumped into my like my cool older cousin and I'm like, oh dude, are you here seeing Beauty and the Beast too? You know, this is such an important uh, you know animated film. And he's like, no. <laughs> like, no man, I'm here to see Wayne's World. And I had seen maybe one TV spot from Wayne's World, didn't know what it was, and uh, and 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 you know wouldn't find out for a couple more months how this movie was going to change my life. Um, Greg, you're a little bit older than I am. How did you first become aware of Wayne's World? Um, pretty much through like just when it the trailers and things like that started coming out. Um, obviously in '92 we didn't get we didn't have the internet and all that sort of stuff, and you couldn't sort of look forward to the we're going to do a teaser for the teaser for the trailer for the trailer shit that they do <laughs> these days, you know. Um, so it just kind of yeah, we just started seeing trailers for it, and we didn't get like cable TV here until sort of the mid '90s, so. At the time when Wayne's World came out, I had no idea it had been a like a sketch on Saturday Night Live. Um, we just thought it was a movie that came out. Same with like the Blues Brothers. Like I'd watched the Blues Brothers probably ten or twelve times when I was a kid, but never realised where it started. So all these movies sort of came out, and then it was only later we were like, "Oh, right, it, that's it used to be on Saturday Night Live." So yeah, it just sort of came out, and we went with it. All right, what about you younger guys? Um, <clears throat> well, for me, I I knew about it, followed it pretty much as it happened. I didn't see it in the theater, but when I was uh, seven or eight, which is a, about that time, uh, my birthday gift was a 13-inch antenna TV. And you know, since then, I mean, even before then, I was a night owl. But I, I watched 
SNL every week, and so I knew I knew all about Wayne's World and was was somewhat curious about the movie. But um, I was young enough that I never even considered going to see it in the theater. It wasn't until uh, it came out on video that I think this was an occasion where we rented a VCR and got a few movies, and Wayne's World was one of them. And I remember I remember liking it. Um, I thought it was funny. The one thing that sticks out in my childhood memory, though, is uh, remember the scene where they're shooting the music video and Tia Carrere has the snake? Uh, my dad, uh, after we finished the movie, we rewound the tape, and he found that scene and rewatched it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a snake, he's a snake lover. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what it was. Classic, what it was. classic dad move. Yeah. <laughs> So, so for me, it was definitely a case of I watched this much, much later. Um, w- when the movie came out, I was definitely almost of age to go see Beauty and the Beast in the theater. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, I was like five and a half, so um, wasn't on my radar. In the later 90s, when I started catching up on like SNL and stuff and you know watching all that stuff... I think I found Wayne's World on like the USA Network or something like that when they were playing it and watched it for the first time. And I don't think it had quite as profound an impact on me as it did on Tim. Um, (laughs) Because I think I've watched it, you know, I watched it again the other night to prep for this podcast. And I think that may have been the third time in my life I've watched the movie. I've seen that movie so many times because it's uh, the, uh, the year after... Uh, it came out like around Christmas time. They sold it at McDonald's. You could buy the VHS at McDonald's for like six bucks if you bought a sandwich. And so, um, and also my grandma worked at McDonald's, so she would like buy all the McDonald's stuff and just like give it to us. So like, like I had I had so many Happy Meal toys, and then you know she gets stuff like and, and McDonald's. They did this holiday VHS thing and became like one of the biggest um, video sellers in America, even though they they only sold like a limited number of titles. Um, but they sold like um, that year. It was these Paramount movies. It was The Adams Family, Wayne's World, uh, and a couple of others. Um, later on, they sold like the Indiana Jones trilogy um, and all this stuff. But when we got that Wayne's World VHS, it was right around the time my family first started taking road trips to Florida. We bought a 13-inch TV that had a little VCR combo that plugged into the cigarette lighter in the minivan, and I would just watch the shit out of Wayne's World over this 18-hour drive. And everybody in my family was all right with it. All right. I, didn't, a lot I don't even crazy. remember McDonald's selling video. <laughs> I was not aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you might, you, you might, if you ever come across an old VHS copy of Wayne's World, it might have like the McDonald's logo on the back for that reason. Because huh. I'm really going searching for Wayne's World VHSs. Yeah. Well. <laughs> you're, you're one of those completionists, like the guy who wants every vinyl copy of the White Album. Man, it's rough, it's rough to be a completist because there's so much Wayne's World out there. Like you can find a lot of the you can find a lot of the SNL sketches. Well, first of all, like I just found out that the uh, the Stairway to Heaven gag in Wayne's World, like originally in, in the theatrical release, he was playing the notes of Stairway to Heaven, and yeah. Led Zeppelin shut that down, and so now 
Yeah, that that I drives know. me crazy. Where it's just like that's not stairway. Yeah, that, that's what I thought when I watched it. And I'm like, that, that, I didn't feel like that was stairway to heaven. Like, right? Yeah. I did not know that little bit of information. So now, now the best we can do is there's one guy on YouTube who has like uh, edited that so that it has like the actual intro to Stairway to Heaven in there, even though it's not the original audio from the movie. But the thing is, like the the whole copyright thing, from what I understand, based on years of watching TV, listening to podcasts, is you can get away with it if it's just a small snippet, if it's like less than eight notes. And you can easily just do da-da-da-da-da, and that's it. And you probably could get away with it, right? I, you would think. That's only five notes. I think it's... Yeah, I think it's, one I think of it's more where... Led Zeppelin than anything else. They sort of went overboard. Like, uh, there was that whole thing with... Uh, what's his name? Um, Jack Black had to, like basically beg Led Zeppelin on the set of their um, School of Rock tapings where he's like, please let us use this song for the for the uh, movie. And then they had the crowd behind him, you know, saying, yes, yeah, please. Well, and also, so, also in the live versions of Tribute, they, oh, yeah. Kyle Gasp is into Stairway. Mm, yeah, that's true, yeah. Did, did they do that on the but, HBO show as well? I don't recall, but but on the album version, it's not in there. Yeah, it's it, and it's better. We, we could do an unfunny dirt tangent on Tenacious D, and I would talk for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I think that may need to happen. <laughs> yeah, maybe not four hours worth of it, but uh, a, a Tenacious yeah. D podcast could. Uh, yeah. Know. Um, just if I can just jump in real quick, uh, I just found a Wayne's World VHS 1993 special McDonald's promotional tape on eBay, and it is three dollars and sixty three cents. That's, that's probably two dollars above market value, <laughs> and it will cost me thirty-one dollars to get it sent here. <laughs> now, now, here's the question: Would you actually be able to play it if you got it? Do you have a VHS player? Uh, I yes, I could. I've got one, not connected, but I've got one in the uh, in the closet, as you guys call them. Uh, it's a DVD slash VCR combo, one of those wait, things. Wait, what do you guys call them? If I don't you... know video, no, video no, no, DVD. No, no. no, what do you guys? What do you guys call? What do you guys call closets? Um, yeah. Oh, cupboards. Oh, You are one of two people I know who has a VHS player. The other one is my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm extremely I old. We've established that. <laughs> it's a VCR, man. Uh, we could oh, call yeah, it video player. I, so. <laughs> I, I have one. It's it's. I don't think it's hooked up, but it's like sitting on a shelf under a TV, and it's my old one from college. Like and and when I was living in Mesa, I had two of them. And we, I would, I would use mine to watch my my copy of uh, Kids in the Hall Brain Candy and Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park because. At the time, those were only available on VHS. For a while, it was like the only way you could watch Star Wars, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the last time I used one was when I played, I had the Star Wars uh, special editions when I was... Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, so one thing that, that uh, one, the Wayne's World kind of wormed its way into the popular culture was with like a million different kind of sayings and quotes. Um, and I, I just kind of wanted to go around and get everybody's favorite uh, Wayne's World-ism or Wayne's World quotes. 
the the one that makes me chuckle is "excuse me, baking powder." I just I, I I like I like the wordplay involved in that, but of course the thing that sticks out in everybody's mind the first thing that came to my mind was showing. Yeah, showing. There was one that was in there watching it the other night that surprised me that I didn't realize had wage world. It was there was a that's what she said in there. Yeah, that I was gonna say that was that's my one, but a lot of that I think has to do with uh, the office as well. But yeah, you can yeah. tell though that works because like Michael Scott is the kind of guy who would be saying quotes from Wayne's World twenty five years mm. later, you know, and and trying to be <laughs> cool with them, like, oh yeah, that's right, you know, monkeys will fly out of my butt. It's like he's trying oh to say that God. nowadays. <laughs> oh, <People> I, <laughs> I have. Can I tell a story about yeah, monkeys will fly out of my butt? I I remember I forget. Yes, 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 yeah, there was this time when monkeys flew out of my butt. No. Um, <laughs> uh, this was from some article I read. I don't know exactly how how accurate this is, but um, you know how movies for subtitles and whatever they they translate them into different languages. And Wayne's World posed a particular challenge because of all the weird sayings that it had in it. And uh, I remember the Spanish translation for shot and monkeys will come flying out of my butt. Uh, if you translate the Spanish back to English, it's yes, when judgment day comes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> one, one of these great... Great bits of like Wayne's World apocrypha that's that's out there was the Wayne's World two MTV special. It's a Wayne's World after all, which which I found like seventy five percent of on YouTube and just rewatched. Um, and they they uh, actually brought in Daisy Fuentes to like um, to introduce like the clips of Wayne and Garth speaking in different language. It was it was him doing like the a sphincter says what, <laughs> but but in in all of the different uh, languages that they released the movie in. Um, and of course, Daisy Fuentes is an international mega babe. Show wing. If she were president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> she'd give a dog a bone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my- one thing. When I, I rewatched them in the last week, uh, both the movies, and yeah, I, 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 if you told me beforehand, like, oh yeah, there's, there's this and that, and there's swing and and that's what she said and those kinds of things but there was yeah more than i remembered popping up like um <laughs> you know yeah when yeah. tia Greer came on something popped up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i had to rewind it for the snake part yeah <laughs> well what's funny is i i i watched it with my with with the, the woman in my life and uh, i i told her you know, he rewound to the snake part, but when she's in the dress in the later scene, she's way hotter. Why, yeah, did, why not, re- why not rewind to that scene? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Come on. There, there's something of her going on the snake that yeah. really got your dad going. <laughs> yeah. It's... I'm, yeah I'm, I'm questioning my dead dad's boner now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be the tagline for this show. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag. You're know, 15, Wayne's World, colon. <laughs> Sitting my dead dad's boner. <laughs> oh, man. So I think, I think the line that I repeated the most, at least like when I was in college, was I thought I had mono once for an entire year. Turned out I was just really bored. 
<laughs> that is a really good line. It's, it's a great line for, especially if you know people who have mono. It, it just really pisses them off. <laughs> so one, one of those things where you go, oh, I have chronic fatigue syndrome. It's like, no, you don't. You're just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> Uh, so, oh. oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, Tim, you're doing a great job leading this. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost. Right, Tim, where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's. You're driving let's, this ship. Yeah. Uh, let's 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 talk about the techniques and motifs that made Wayne's World an interesting film. Well, uh, all right. <laughs> oh, all right then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let me get my pipe. vision. Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, and and uh, Daryl, you had some uh, some interesting things to say uh, in the pre-show about uh, Penelope Spheris. So why don't you? Well, uh, yeah, but well, because she. Well, I, I listened to her interview with Jericho again just now um, because he had the same idea that we did. Hey, twenty-fifth anniversary. Let's let's have a show about it. Except he has much better connections and got the actual director director of the movie. Um, you know, to but, our credit, we didn't we didn't try we didn't reach out to Penelope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she, she probably would have done it. Oh, that reminds me. Did you know Dana Carvey's my cousin? I could have uh, never. Mind. Oh, what's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing those. No, um, <laughs> no but um, uh, Penelope Spheris. Uh, there. There were a lot of different little nuggets from there, but I think one thing that really stands out is she um, she got her name basically making music videos. She was the first person to make music videos before MTV, and she has three different documentaries called The Decline of Civilization, and it's about music. Like, Decline Part 2 is about heavy metal. I know she did those. That's amazing. Yeah, so she she came from it from it. Sure, she came at it from an angle of just absolutely loving rock and roll, and that's a that and and the fact that uh, she produced the Albert Brooks shorts for SNL. Um, so she already had an in with uh, with Lorne. Uh, are are the two reasons why she was chosen as as the director? Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's interesting because I didn't I didn't realize that um, she had done those um, the fall of civilization. Well, the uh, the other really funny button to that is years prior, back in 1984, <clears throat> fellas named Harry Shearer and Christopher Guest came to her yeah. with a script called "This Is Spinal Tap" and <laughs> offered her to direct it. She said, "No, this isn't respectful to the music. I'm not going to do it." <laughs> Yeah, and she says, yeah, I'm kicking myself for that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's yeah. like Hulk Hogan's uh, pasta grill or whatever it was. <laughs> His story, anyway, they, didn't they offer him the George Foreman grill? And he was, oh, yeah. he was he was out, so he had to, his wife took a message, and then he ended up with, like, a pasta maker or something. Mm. <laughs> but then it led to a great story about yeah. the WCW Nitro being the first... Uh, the first one being in a mall where he had his pasta restaurant. <laughs> go, 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 go check out the uh, um, what happened when or no, what is it? The Pritchard, Bruce Pritchard podcast with Conrad Thompson about the first Monday Night Show to find out about how uh, Hogan, his mistress, and some pasta led to the first Nitro being held in a mall. 
<laughs> not a mall, Mall of America, man. Oh, the okay. mall. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. The, the mall of America. They have a bigger one in Canada, I think. Mike Myers would tell us. We, we have ten malls bigger than the Mall of America here. Mike Myers well, would tell us if anybody could find him. I'm pretty sure he's going into hiding. I think, I think he, he comes out for Toronto Maple Leafs games, and that's about it. Yeah. But when you make the love guru, you kind of have to That's right. It's like, it's like he yeah. and a couple of the kids in the hall are like the most famous Leafs fans. Yeah. Can, can we talk about Mike Myers, how this was like... You'd think Wayne's World might be the pinnacle of his career, and then you go, "Oh wait, he had Austin Powers." Yeah, the yeah. Guy, he he was responsible yeah. for a bunch of comedy smashes, and apparently uh, Penelope Spheris like didn't she turned down the offer to direct Wayne's World too because she thought he was too much of a prima donna. No, and, uh, actually, according to the interview, was uh, they didn't give it to her. They, she they wanted didn't give it to her. I, yeah, I kind of read yeah. conflicting reports on that. So she, so they, they didn't they didn't even make her the offer. According to her, they didn't give it to her, and she was really upset about it at the time. Um, and a lot of the reason was because Mike Myers didn't like her cut of the movie. And the way she explained it in the Jericho interview, I, I invite you to listen to it. I will. Um, because because her, her, her words are better than my synopsis of them. But um, he, his father had just passed, and so he was away for a little while. And then, so he didn't see any of the test screenings, and there were a lot of scenes in there that he didn't really like or think was funny. Like, he didn't like the part where Laura Flynn Boyle gets, you know, like, runs into the car. He, he thought that was <laughs> oh, dumb. That, that clip was yeah. in, like, all the, all the trailers and stuff. Like, they, they thought it was so, like, you know, that, they made that representative yeah. of sort of the whole movie. Well, yeah, and I remember it shows up in, like, random, you know, how in uh, sports games, like in baseball games or basketball games, they'll have montages of movie clips or whatever. That that one gets thrown in there fairly often. Cool. When, it, when, a, when an athlete is, like, goes down and then gets back up, she's okay. Yeah. Yep, yep, that's exactly Stay it. On. Yeah. Yep. Um... Uh... Motifs is that? Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. no, you, no you were talking, talking about. <laughs> we were talking about Mike Myers. Um, yeah, not so fucking easy, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit back and go. Right. These motherfuckers think they can do my job? No. Yeah. You're like Ed O'Neill behind the counter. Just never again. Just. <laughs> <laughs> He's That's like right. Tim. Tim wants to host this. Yeah. I dream of crushing yeah. his skull and murdering. Him. Fucked Dark up those alley. rainfall numbers. That's how I feel. I've been doing this for five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. um, and this is with four people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how many do we have on Rogue One and some of those others? Like eight or nine? <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Um, Greg. We're not worthy. <laughs> oh, oh, I succeed to Daryl's hosting abilities as well. He's, he's the, he's, he is the, uh, the, what do you call it? The level <laughs> to, to aspire okay. to. I'm, I'm the level. I'm the, I'm level two, three. Uh, where were we, Tim? Yeah, we, oh, we were talking, we were talking about Mike Myers actually. And, uh, and his, his sort of career trajectory uh, yeah. from, Wayne's World, because because uh, Wayne's World came out, I didn't realize this, but it was it was way more popular than Blues Brothers. It was the second ever SNL movie, and um, and it, it made just a ton of money. 
and is sort of to, to blame for all of the subsequent SNL movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because SNL, a hit went out of the park with the Blues Brothers, and I guess it, it wasn't as commercially successful for whatever reason, yeah. but it I wasn't, think it wasn't culturally... Like it, it wasn't like it didn't do cool, well. Like the, the Blues Brothers, like John Belushi had this cool triple crown of having like the number one movie, number one TV show, and number one album at the same time. Right. But um, but but still like... So it, it was big, but yeah. But then Mike Myers went on to do movies like So I Married an Axe Murderer. Was that before or after Wayne's World? Which was, uh, Wayne's World was his first movie. Okay. Because cause a lot of the things that Penelope Spears was saying was that you know she had to... Or she, not she, but he had to get used to how to how to do a movie. You know, he was just used to live TV. You know, like he was, he had to learn how to hit his marks and all that sort of stuff. And also, he had to learn how to drive for the <laughs> yeah, scenes where that. he was driving <laughs> because he's from Toronto and he never had to drive before. <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for a little background, so Blues Brothers had a. Budget of thirty million, made a hundred fifteen million, and Wayne's World had a budget of twenty million, made a hundred eighty million. That's still pretty damn okay. respectable for Blues Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In nineteen eighty as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing is is those aren't adjusted to you know any sort of standard yeah. on that. And and everyone was going to watch Empire. At the same time, probably that year, as opposed to Blues Brothers. So, yeah. So uh, yeah. So from there, Mike Myers did "So I Married an Axe Murderer," which which I thought was a pretty charming movie. Um, oh, I had, loved that movie. Had had a lot of a lot of good quotes. A lot of uh, like his his Scottish father sort of became fat bastard who sort of became Shrek. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's 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 all the same character, just kind of going through this. Uh, this metamorphosis into a green ogre cartoon character. <laughs> Grumpy to lecherous to friendly, but it's the same yeah. voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and then and then you know from there, um, Wayne's World two and the uh, the the Austin Powers movies, which I I thought the first two were phenomenal. Um, you're, you're, Even you're, the third you're, one Jerry's, has its yeah, charms. Just yeah. give me a little bit of a look. Oh no, no I was just waiting for the third one that. To hear what you said on what was it? That was Goldfinger, right? Or Gold uh, Member? Gold, gold, gold Member. Member. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that one had its charge. Michael Caine was awesome. Yeah. My, I yeah. liked how Michael yeah. Caine hated the Dutch. That running gag was really well, funny. And, and also, <laughs> I and also two just, things: people who are intolerant of other people and the Dutch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but also his his uh, Gold Member, I thought was a great character. He was barely in the movie. He's you know he's he's. Uh, oh, is uh, uh, the whole the whole thing about pairing uh, breakfast foods with uh, things you can smoke? Um, it's it's that's a part of Dutch culture that I just don't think has ever been made fun of enough or could ever be. <laughs> yeah, like that. You're pretty much running through my childhood of of you know, campy, silly comedies that that don't necessarily hold up, but still. I remember as better than maybe everybody else does. Yeah, see, I think by the time by the time Austin Powers three came out, like I was I was like in college and at sort of the peak of my own movie snobbery. Um, now I now I can let things like Suicide Squad slide. Slide? Uh, <laughs> you, you argued with me it was a good movie. I thought I said good. I probably said good. Yeah, you did. Yeah. 
Yeah, Oscar, actually... Oscar award-winning Suicide Squad. Okay, award-winning Suicide Squad. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, yeah, the, the woman in my life listened to that episode. She said, yeah, I think you're the only one who gave it a fair rating. And I said, I gave it a one. <laughs> <laughs> she said, yeah. <laughs> Still think that's fair. Yeah. So have any of you guys seen The Cat in the Hat or The Love Guru? I saw The no. Love Guru and went, oh, God, what did he do? It's like... Yeah, that was bad. I've I've heard the How Did This Get Made episode on the Love Guru. That's as far as I've gone. Cause it, yeah, I, I didn't see either of them. No. You know, when every every other time that Mike Myers took a character, you know, an original character to the big screen, it was you know this this massive success, and then the Love Guru came along and just fell completely flat. It's kind of what yeah, happens when you base a movie on racial stereotypes. Is it just? Is it because I haven't seen it? Is it just? Is it just bad? Like, is it just not funny, or is it like stupid? Yeah, like, what's he's, this? He's like love? a faux Indian guru of love. And yeah, like I've, I've seen the trailer and stuff for it, but yeah, yeah. But he's uh, he's like actually friends with Deepak Chopra. That's not that. <laughs> <laughs> He, he's actually friends with this woo-woo salesman. Well, right? no, if you've seen the movie, you realize that his whole competition, he is the number two guru in the world compared to Deepak Chopra. And that's like oh, that's... a running theme in the movie until Deepak Chopra shows up. And, do you yeah. think it? Do you think that movie suffered? Because this is a point I was going to bring up as well with Wayne's World, like with its um, you know, influences and sort of legacy with the whole... Like, I know, obviously, the whole movie is scripted, but the whole thing where, you know, that Wayne and Garth kind of mock their guests on the show when and the guests aren't aware of it, that's sort of become... I mean, they're not the first to do it, obviously, but that has become a bit more of a staple these days. And if you look at that, like, Borat came out, I think, what, I looked it up two years before Love Guru. So do you think now you're getting sort of that version of, like of a guy yeah. playing a character uh, uh, and then when you go back to Mike Myers he's kind of too nice about it if that makes sense you think that might have affected no, Love I, Gurus I, thing, I think or is it just such shit yeah, there's such different movies I don't think there was any influence of Borat on the Love Guru cause but well, I, I, I do think he has an interesting point. You know what I mean? Like, Borat is say... sort of the R-rated version of Mike Myers, in a sense. And then, it, like, it's like now if you watch Deadpool, you go, oh, look at these saying fuck, and this is happening, and killing people, and then, oh, we could go and watch, like, I don't know. Well, I'd say, like, the, I'd say the main problem with The Love Guru is just, that it's, is just that it's tone deaf, whereas mm -hmm. Borat, I think, is kind of the apotheosis of that genre of kind of making fun of your subjects through your dumb character, you know, and, and you know, if, if Wayne's World spawned a universe of annoying catchphrases, Borat kind of ruined the entire genre. It's a perfect film. Borat is absolutely amazing, but yeah. it just grabbed onto the culture in such a way that, that, the people who wanted to emulate it couldn't do it right, and everybody else just got annoyed at how how 
omnipresent this movie was and it just became sort of a cliche and nobody really thinks about Borat as much except when people say my wife yeah, yeah and it's what's well, funny because uh, when I was in high school people were always trying to imitate Dr. Evil and nobody could do it well and uh, <laughs> and, and, and the, I, I've read like supposedly the Dr. Evil voice came from Mike Myers riffing on Dana Carvey's impression of Lorne Michaels yeah, it's a Lord Michaels, just like uh, yeah. the the bat, the evil executive in Brain Candy is a Lord Michaels impression from Mark <laughs> McKinney. There's, there, there are several Lord Michaels based characters in movies. <laughs> yeah, but but as tiresome as those impressions got, like pe- people saying "my wife" is just kind of like very that's, nice. That's, how it's, much? Yeah, it's become this like cliche that that like you know even even today like uh, I was just watching you know Crashing with Pete Holmes, the new HBO series, and there's still kind of you know, making fun of that audience member who, if you mention your wife, they just shout out, my wife. Yeah. Yeah. It's like someone drops a, a glass at a party these days and there's still some fuckwit who goes like, oh, taxi. It's like, yeah, that was 20 years ago, dickhead. Like, yeah, <laughs> let it go. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where a joke is so good that society ruins it. Yeah, which is like what we were saying before with the, you know, that's what she said with Michael Scott. You know, he's right. he's that guy who, who would do that, you know. Um, so they kind of brought that sort of back. But, yeah, like Sasha Baron Cohen almost has a sort of parallel career with Mike Myers when you think about it now. If you think Ali G is his Wayne's World and then Borat, Borat. is his, his Austin, Powers, Austin Powers. yeah, And then he had... Um, <laughs> Bruno. What was the one? Then Bruno. Bruno was sort of like his, like, yeah, we've had enough of you now. So, so is is uh, <laughs> Talladega Nights is so I married an ex murderer. Well, no, that'll be his um, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> don't don't never forget. <laughs> or, or Studio Fifty Four. Just 54. sort of pop up. And go, hey, that's fucking Mike Myers. <laughs> that was that was the. St- Honestly, that was probably my my least favorite part of Inglorious Bastards because it took me out of the movie. I'm like, holy shit, that's Mark Myers. What the hell? Yeah, it became a joke. <laughs> kind of, you're like, oh, hang on a sec. Yeah. <laughs> the hell is he he's doing? Not quite serious. He's not quite serious enough, but he's not quite funny enough either. It was sort of right. Like, uh, but then you realize it's Mike Myers playing Hitler, and you go, what? 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 <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, um, yeah, keep keeping us on with these uh, these motifs or, or you know the styles that Wayne's World pioneered. You've also got these these pop culture jokes that can be complete non sequiturs, come out of left field, and you know st- still still be hilarious. This is a style that like, um, you know Wayne, Wayne's World ran with this a little bit with things like uh, you know Wayne getting pulled over by the police officer who turns out to be the T one thousand. Yeah. Um, yes. Have you seen this boy? <laughs> have you seen this boy? <laughs> There's a story you're talking about um, when we saw it in theaters or, or whatever, Tim. That I had seen Terminator Two in the theater like the year before, and then <laughs> in that scene, you see the cop walking in the rearview mirror, and I was, I was sitting there, you know, because I was like what 92, so it would have yeah. been yeah, 12, 13, 13, um, and yeah, I'm watching it. I'm like. Ah, oh, it looks like the guy from Terminator Two, and then it's like, Ta-da! oh shit, it is the guy. From Terminator 2. 
Yeah, that, that's probably my favorite cop pulling over uh, scene, not counting Harlan Williams drinking piss in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're still super troopers. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Littering yeah. in. Littering in. All right. All right, fine. <laughs> I can see. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Get us back on track. Top five all time <laughs> cop pulling over scenes. Yeah. It's up there. Yeah, it's sorry. a good scene. But then, then now you look at a show like, uh, like, like Family Guy, which is, which is, you know, taking that style of humor and, and run into the ground. Yeah, that's the way to put it. I mean, they, well, they, they, yeah, they, they, they were running with the ball for a while, but, but yeah, now, you know, it got to the point where, you know, they had to do a whole South Park episode about here's how a Family Guy joke is written. Yeah. Yep. Simpsons did it. Yep. <laughs> it's manatees. It's all manatees. Yeah. They're a majestic creature, the, the manatee. <laughs> so, Tim, while we were at Buster, one of the things I wanted to talk about was, you know, we were talking about motifs, and watching this the whole time I kept going, this thing is so early 90s. Like, like just just the the style of it is just so dated now watching it. Like, there's so really? You think so? I felt that way. Hmm. Like I, th- I, I thought, thought it like, might have been too. Yeah. Like I yeah. thought it was a. Ve- it comes off very dated, as far as a lot of what was going on. You know who's in it, um, and just the style, like stuff, like you know, the the way they use subtitles and stuff, like the extreme close up and all that stuff. Like none of that. Oh, just still being used. Just now. like the style of the text on the TV and that's or on oh. the on the screen and that. But even doing that type of stuff seems like that stuff was kind of an early 90s thing that you don't see much anymore to, like, flash in with, like, little, like, info like that. Well, yeah, like, yeah I, I, can, I can see that because, like, if you watch uh, Better Call Saul, the opening sequence of Better Call Saul is sort of that same kind of uh, aesthetic where it's like video toaster style lettering on the screen. So I, I yeah, I can see that. And also with the people who are in it with your point. Well, yeah, sure seeing Meatloaf and Alice Cooper and Chris Farley in a movie does put it in a particular time. It's funny that you yeah. It's funny you mentioned uh funny you mentioned Better Call Saul there, Daryl, because I had in my notes actually that um one of the um concert nerds at the at the start of Wayne's World Two is Bob Odenkirk. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I, I did not watch the second one for for this podcast. Oh. I haven't seen it forever. Yeah, I just I just noticed that too. It was Bob Odenkirk and Robert Smigel. Then I stumbled oh, upon uh, Roger Ebert's review of that movie, and he really liked it. Um, but one of the things that he said is that that Wayne and Garth are not nerds. That they that that Bob Odenkirk and Robert Smigel these these guys are nerds. And, and, yeah. and Wayne and Garth are something, are something other, you know, like they, that, that, that's a scene that makes clear that they're not yet, you know, big time or whatever. They get, they get, you know, locked out of the, the backstage area. They don't get to meet Heather Locklear. But, uh, you know, that, that, then they're confronted with this, like, you know, way, you know, far more extreme version of whatever it is that they are. Um, so, yeah, like, do you think that Wayne and Garth kind of... Uh, uh, pioneered a way for for those of us who are like real hardcore pop culture geeks to to, to, to mainstream a little bit more. I think kind of yeah. I, I don't have anything to expound upon that, but I I, I like that idea. 
that it, it sort of you know, made more acceptable people who are obsessed about particular areas of pop culture. With Wayne and Garth, it was rock and roll, and being in love with, well, in the sketches, it was always Aerosmith and Madonna, which I, I, I always thought, eh, Aerosmith and Madonna aren't that great. But in the movie, when it's yeah. Alice Cooper, I'm oh, wow. all in. Hell yes. And, and Alice <laughs> Cooper. I wish Alice, Alice Cooper, Cooper were my dad. I fucking love Alice Cooper. So. He, he holds up, I think, even better than Aerosmith does in the yeah. second movie. Because Aerosmith is kind of... They, they, they've fallen into self-parody a little bit. But Alice Cooper mm-hmm. is, is, is very much unassailable in his excellence. Yeah, he he was so good in that scene explaining the the history of Milwaukee, um, <laughs> and and you got to see a few seconds of him doing Feed My Frankenstein and, and in the full makeup, and it it's just you, you get a full dose of of rock greatness. I just love it. And I, I think for, right. this, for an entire generation, and and like forever, for, for me especially, like I I can't I cannot divorce my idea of Alice Cooper from that scene. You know, because yeah. like uh, I, I had had, I, for some reason, I was in like the first grade and I won a Alice Cooper tape in a talent show. I got, I got a copy of uh, his album Poison, and um, Ooh, that's a good one. Which is which, what's a weird, it's a weird prize to get to a first grader, I think. But, but <laughs> it was a good one. Um, it came with a happy mail. It's yeah. a poison. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then. Um, but but then like uh, when Alice Cooper showed up in that movie, I was like I was like oh this is what Alice Cooper's all about like it, 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 it you know it automatically sort of recontextualized Alice Cooper and and a lot of a lot of other things as well because they they go so far back um, I've got to admit that it, you know before like this week when I googled it I didn't you know I didn't know who Ravi Shankar was um, really yeah um, it's and that's 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 on me for for my my limited Beatles knowledge. I still don't. Uh, he's he's a he's <laughs> the, the 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 guy who got George sitar Harrison player. into sitar. Yeah. Uh, a, yeah. Okay. He was the guru. The guru that the yeah. Beatles hung out with when they yeah went to yeah. India and all that stuff. Yeah. The, the George songs on the later Beatles albums uh, that's heavily Ravi Shankar influenced. Well, I'm also not but, a Beatles fan, so. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so yeah, much. What? But well, anyway, if I had a daughter for every time you told me that, I might actually. Can we go back to Alice Cooper one thing? Because yeah. another thing Penelope Spheris said was that uh, the writers and like the script kept getting rewritten a billion times. Like there were thirty different versions and things changing all the time. But uh, when Whoever was writing it found out that Alice Cooper was in because Mike Myers wanted Aerosmith for the first movie, actually. But they they got Alice Cooper. And once the writers knew that Alice Cooper was in, they wrote like this entire scene, the scene that we know. And Alice didn't know about it until the day he showed up. He just thought he was gonna he was gonna play feed by Frankenstein and you know watch them worship him and and leave, but but he he had to do this whole scene. But uh, what Spiris said was that he was great and knew it and had it down and did it really well just within a couple of takes, you know. And now probably yeah, everywhere he goes, somebody somebody asks him to explain the origin of the name of their city. <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> talk about it's, socialist mayors. It's it's the whole reason <laughs> yep. he moved to Phoenix because that's a really fucking easy one to explain. <laughs> Everybody knows what a Phoenix desert. is. <laughs> it's a city of the desert, like a yeah. Phoenix rising from the ashes. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Does this guy know how to party or what? <laughs> no, seriously, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about Tempe now. <laughs> uh, it's also from the Greek. Uh, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever was naming towns in Arizona just loved mythology. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, hey, we have uh, in in Melbourne. There's a uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's like named after Batman. It's like because <laughs> the guy that founded it was John Batman. So it's like Batman <laughs> Slice, Batman Motorway. It's all this Batman <laughs> shit everywhere. It's fucking unreal. That's great. I have to find uh, some titles. got to yeah, bring my son fun. to Australia now. Oh, it's great. Uh, you go and it's like Batman's place and you're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> In the middle of Melbourne. <laughs> I'm sure it's pronounced um, Batman's place though, right? Yeah, it is. It's Batman. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in primary school or what do you guys call it? Elementary school? Um, yes. Uh, we understand. You don't have to translate everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. Yeah, see some of the tweets. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what a cupboard yeah. is. So. Yeah, yeah. You should see some of the tweets I get. I don't understand what you're saying. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> um, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was too American. That was, I'm like, I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... Uh, Oh, we'll move on. That's fine. <laughs> no, I was going to say I had a, I had a, a there were, we, well, he wasn't my teacher, but there was a teacher at my school that was Mr. Batman and everyone would just be running past him because we were like seven or eight. And every time you saw him in the, in the, in the, uh, you know, out in the schoolyard and stuff, you'd run past him and all be like, na 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 just run yep. past him. And he'd be oh, like, yeah. shut up. <laughs> it's like, it's not Batman, it's Batman. Nah, it's Batman. <laughs> How can you be a teacher named Batman and not have a good sense of humor about it? I know. He was a real prick. Yeah. Um, if you're talking about motifs and stuff, Tim, uh, one thing I thought was interesting is like how they're talking to the camera in the movie. You know, like that, that happens in other movies as well. But you look at sitcoms these days and like nearly every sitcom is like that now where it's this, you know, quote unquote mockumentary style thing where... They have the they a scene happens and then it cuts back to the, the talking head where they're just explaining the plot or they're explaining what's happening with the old, you know you're supposed to show and not tell on TV and movies whereas now it's tell don't show, um, like The Office and you've got Modern Family. But to the credit and, of those uh, shows though, they they do it a little better. Like they they tell they tell and they show in in a, in a different way. You know sometimes sometimes those those cutaways kind of reveal more about a character based on like you know, what they're emoting versus what they're saying. Um, yeah. Well, you get the, you get the, the real person, I guess, in that, um, in those talking heads, like, especially in the office, like all the Creed stuff is just oh. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, <laughs> like, that's just great. But, um, yeah, I thought yeah. how they talk to the camera and stuff, it's sort of now that there's a lot of shows where, you know, something weird will happen and, and they'll sort of look over to the camera as if like, well, did you see that as well? You know, whereas, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying Wayne's World started it, but it is kind of something that's sort of progressed. Yeah, there's a lot well, of I, I, the third, oh. 
Oh, sorry. I agree, but um, what Wayne's World did is it broke the fourth wall, whereas shows like The Office and Modern Family, ostensibly there is no fourth wall. There's just, or Arrested Development. There's the idea that there's this documentary crew just following these people around, and they know that the camera is there. You yeah, know? that's true. Whereas, yeah, whereas Wayne's World... Yeah, yeah, it's more Deadpool style where it's just you're in this movie and then suddenly it just snaps into focus that, oh, Mike Myers is now talking to me or now now Garth is going to draw the attention of the camera away and yeah. talk about his inner thoughts, which, which I think were my favorite parts of the movie when, when Dana Carvey would, <laughs> would talk to the camera. Well, Gary Shandling did that on his show as well. Um, oh my god, I could I could do four hours on It's Gary yeah. Shandling's show, too. I yeah. loved that show. He did that really well, too. Um, and if something fucked up, they would sort of be like, whoop, whoop, and you could just play along with it. Um, yeah, this yeah is that, that show. It's uh, the theme to Gary show. Gary yeah. called me up, and he asked if I could write his theme song. I fucked that up. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but that, yeah, that and especially Larry Sanders. Like, that's just amazing. But um, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's another show. <laughs> that one might happen. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be if Daryl pushes hard enough yeah. for that one. Yeah. I don't know if I'll push real hard for that one, but but yeah, I <laughs> I, I have a very soft place in my heart for Gary Shandling, a Tucson boy, by the way. No. Interesting. Just also in Iron Man Two. <laughs> also yeah. in Iron Man Two. What does what, uh, what does Tucson mean? I don't, I don't know that one. He he was he's from Tucson. No, what, he what grew is, up in Tucson. What does the city's name mean? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. It means it should go back to Mexico. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, but speaking of like, devils. But, but speaking of people in being in things, like the cameos in Wayne's World. You know, you look at the people who cameoed in the movie, end up becoming bigger stars than. Who was in the movie? Well, it's it's kind of it's hard to it's hard to compare someone's level of starting to Mike Myers because he he could I mean we talked about him already a lot but he could have done an Adam Sandler where he just keeps churning out shit garbage and and, and not doing anything interesting. No, I, I think the love I, I think the love guru was so bad they weren't giving him another one. But no, I think I think Adam Sandler has made a dozen love gurus. I don't think anything yeah. was so offensively but unfunny. I, I think it just hasn't been funny. I think you could go. Well, the, I don't know. The thing is, grown ups. Everybody hates grown ups. It made money, so they made grown ups too. It's just his movies are appealing to ten year olds, and so they make money. And, and that's Netflix. why he has his his Netflix movie. His, did anyone see Sandy Wexler yet? No. 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 Okay. Because I'm. I, I'm morbidly curious. <laughs> I, the reports are that those Adam Sandler movies and stuff on Netflix are bringing in a lot of subscribers. Like they've gotten a, like Netflix doesn't release like viewership numbers or anything like that. But yeah, they don't tell you anything. They, they, they've hinted enough that the Adam Sandler deal, well, everybody thought it was stupid. Has been financially successful. For so they them. they know who signs up and then immediately watches all the Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. So Tim, you might want to um, <laughs> just make sure people know. I've got to, I've got to set up a VPN. Yeah. Uh, delete my browser history. Yeah. Can I can I yell at Netflix for a moment? By all means. I live in the Middle East. I want Mystery Science Theater. God damn it. 
<laughs> it's yeah. not available here. <laughs> oh man! At least all the stand-up specials are available. Like if if you watch, if you look at my uh, my my history of Netflix, I've watched pretty much every stand-up special that Netflix has to offer. <laughs> you need a Mike Birbiglia's is amazing. Watch Mike Birbiglia's. Everybody's seeing Chappelle and Louis C.K. and they should, but Birbiglia's is phenomenal. That's actually on my list. Is to do yeah. Um, but anyway, back back to what I was saying with the cameos in this. Movie. So you've got Ed O'Neill with, oh. you know, his, his I don't know if it's, you'd call it a cameo, but his role, you know, uh, is rather small in the film. But, you know, if you look at it now, he's probably the person who's the biggest star currently that was in this Well, film. he was he was a big star then. He was Al Bundy. He was headlining a, um, you know, a long-running and, and popular television show. Like, it was... Like was that... Everybody at the time saw him and was like, "Oh, look, it's Al Bundy." Was he that? Was it that far into Marion Children's Run? Because I thought that show yeah. started very. Small. I recognized him. It was it was it was definitely on, on my radar at the time. Okay, I yeah. wasn't sure where that fell in the timeline because I know Marion Children was one of those like. They about halfway through. Okay. Yeah. Good. Married with Children was a bad show, by the way. I hated that show, but I recognized <laughs> him. Um, and yeah, it was just, oh, Al, Al Bundy is the, well, and also how weird is it that this coffee shop is hockey themed in Aurora, Illinois? It's just this massive hockey themed coffee shop. Right. Oh, I've been to a, uh, if you go to certain Paramount amusement parks, which are, uh, I'm not sure where they are. A lot of them on the East coast, but I, I've been to uh, King's Dominion in Richmond, Virginia, and uh, they have a fucking roller coaster called the Hurler, where all your cars are painted to look like the Mirthmobile. And then next to it is a Stan Makita's Donuts, which unfortunately is just a fucking gift shop that doesn't actually sell donuts. But uh, uh, they, did, they did a pop-up donut shop um, this year in Los Angeles at the NHL All-Star Game to commemorate the anniversary of Wayne's World. Um, and my, my which wife... may or may not have triggered why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just, just the donuts. My wife got to go, um, and and, uh, and I'm, I'm still, yeah, my wife. My, my wife. <laughs> Very nice. How much? Very nice. Yeah. Um, and also, Kristen and Jack got to go, which is why we didn't invite them because we're fucking pissed. <laughs> okay, uh, now we're gonna deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, we love you, Kristen and Jack. Yeah. It was <laughs> not but, because but, of the but, donuts. But 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 my, my jealousy burns and burns. Yes. For the sugar pucks and curlers that you ate. But like so, so we had Ed O'Neill, the the relatively small role from Laura Flynn Boyle, who went on to be you know pretty big star for a while. Yeah, I guess she well, she must well have, she she had just she was already she, Donna Hayward. She she like Twin Peaks had to have wrapped at that point, right? Because that was like eighty oh, yeah. ninety. Um, so yeah, she was she was Donna Hayward, and then but but she became more of a household name after that. It was the practice, wasn't it? The practice yeah. is where yeah. I know it from. Yeah, well, and. Yeah. and and getting boned by Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah that's what's the other going one. on? Yeah. And then yeah. she's in Men in Black, Black too. And, yeah. Oh yeah, of course, Men in Black too. Yeah. 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 Can't, can't forget Men in Black too. Yeah, that, that was a good role for her. Uh, another another instance of Rosario Dawson being just wonderful. Yeah. Um, that's... When is she not? Oh yeah. I thought she was three. You would love Iron Who's Fist two? then, Tim. Oh yeah! Oh, gotta watch Iron Fist. Gotta get. Yeah. yeah that, 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 I've, I've got a lot of Adam Sandler movies to watch first. Yeah. <laughs> Rosario Dawson training for kung fu in little shorts. I'll mm. leave it at that. Ooh. Okay. I, 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 st- I still think back. The, the defining moment of Rosario Dawson in my head is still Clerks too. 
Close to you. Sometimes, <laughs> in the heat of the yeah. moment, it's okay to go ask them out. <laughs> oh, that, that was funny. Oh, clerks, I was thinking clerks dancing, everybody man. dumps up, but that was kind of funny. Yeah. The, the, well, the defining moment for Rosario Dawson for me is he got game. Was she in that? Yeah, it was the first time you get to see her boobies. Oh. Yeah. That's not the booby scene I think of from He Got Game. I think you're all forgetting her uh, overlooked Oscar nomination for Josie and the Pussycats as well. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking crime. <laughs> Put that right up there with with uh, Val Kilmer not getting a nomination for Tombstone. It's just More madness. Oscar worthy than Suicide Squad? Oh, definitely. Oh. It's crazy. <laughs> But and you know I think I, I like speaking of clerks though I I feel like that's almost a part of the Wayne's World legacy that we sort of have this uh, subgenre of like the slacker bromance buddy comedy. Oh yeah, I, uh, I can see that Kevin Smith was heavily influenced uh, by that uh, by Wayne's World and yeah, there's this, this kind of more more where the society allowed for his movies to th- to flourish because of it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's well, the, you have Bill and you have Bill and Ted, you have Wayne and Garth, yeah. you have uh, yeah, I'd say yeah, Bill and Ted. Hall, you know. I guess I guess like yeah, Wayne and Garth kind of picked up the the baton from Bill and Ted yeah. in a lot of ways. They held on to you know a, a lot of that lingo and, and and brought it into the '90s. Well, and even before then, you Cheech and Chong. Like there are sort of yeah. all the the pairings well, I mean, of the, the wacky two guys. The, you the know, buddy comedy's and, been around for a while. I mean, Midnight yeah. Run came out in what the '80s, the '70s. You know? Yeah, but most but, body but, companies though are they don't like each other at the start and then they become friends. You know, like Toy Story right. and, and like you yeah, said, Midnight the, Run, yeah, which the, is awesome. This is, a, as well. this is a little different. The bromance buddy comedy. Yeah, yeah. And, well, yeah. Also, and also like these guys who are these guys who are slackers. These guys who don't don't do anything. Right. You know, like like and, and, and yet find a, amazing success in whatever they do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you well, that's part of the you 90s thing. Have a fucking event? Like, I, I uh, first of all, I'd like to say fuck you to anybody who didn't buy a ticket to my class reunion because just watching Wayne in Wayne's World Two sell ten thousand tickets to Wayne Stock, it's like fuck you, man. He's, he's not doing any work. <laughs> he didn't even have Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he goes on the radio and talks to Harry Shearer for like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's part of it. That whole thing as well, we're talking about like the, the Daryl, you said like how the, the culture kind of enabled these guys to to make a point in a sense. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know if Wayne's World really works today because it's so heavily based around the music and the type of characters that those guys are, the sort of the metalhead, you know, rock and roll guys. Like, what was it, 92? So you got like Guns N' Roses, Metallica, those sorts of guys, Aerosmith, they're all kind of at their peak. At that point, um, you know, the, the long hair and even like, you know, Garth is starting the flannel stuff, which is grunge. And, and that's what took over like a couple of years later. Um, I don't know if that sort of stuff. I don't know if those sort of characters, if they're so heavily based around music and specifically rock and roll. I don't think they really work today because rock and roll is not like that anymore, really. The They'd have to be like dead. 50 or something. Like The, the other thing is, is, you know, public access wouldn't work. In, a public access show wouldn't be a thing. It would be a YouTube show or, you know, yeah. an unfunny nerd podcast. Oh, or something this like is so that. meta. It's giving me a headache. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, that's where kind of some of the stuff where I talk about it being 
very early 90s and dated kind of comes in is stuff like that. Yeah. Um, where, where do they get the van with the fucking satellite dish? That looks so expensive. Like, how do you... Uh, like, that, they just kind of had access to this to make this television show, which uh, I wish I had that when I was a kid. Well, that, that brings me to, <laughs> yeah. to, to another point with, like, so the big record exec, I can't remember, remember his name at the end of the movie. Frankie but Sharp. He, yeah, but, but him walking in in a suit with the big cigar coming out of the back of the limo. Like, that's another, like, that's a Paul very Heyman. 90s. Yeah, it's Paul Heyman, but it's another. Yeah. Thing. Oh, that, that reminds me of what my girlfriend took away the most from the movie is everybody's suits are baggy. Like, no, nobody's suits fit. Oh. Like Rob Lowe, his suit is so baggy and it doesn't it doesn't fit him. Like Rob Lowe should be in a spelt tight, you know, really nice looking suit, but everybody's clothes are so baggy. That's you know because he's public that, access that, Rob Lowe. What you're saying? What? It's public access Rob Lowe. Yeah. Well, no, he's not public yeah. access. He's a he's an up and coming executive who he's, wants to take advantage real, of a real public team, access show. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah. the ba- baggy suits like persisted like I it's I'm I'm ashamed to admit this but I bought suits in like the early two thousands and I still have these suits in there and they're not like they're not you know slim fit like every suit now and like I feel I feel weird going to events wearing pleated pants like I I am not able to wear slim fit suits so you know. I, well I'm not as I'm not really either <laughs> it's like mm. I have to I have to buy ones with like a waist like out like like way past here just to get my thighs in the holes yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's are, a, are you saying you have dad bod now? Um, yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. Sure, now. Let's, 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 say, let's say that started when I was going to dad. Yeah. Hey, Tim's like, been since high school, but sure. Yeah. Hey, man, before I moved out to Dubai like five years ago, you were hot, man. Well, well yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> I mean, Tim's still a handsome man. Don't, don't act like he's gotten fugly. Yeah. He's still just, a very yeah. handsome man. I just, I just got some, some, uh, some, some trunk ass legs. Just, uh, I don't know. Um, well, but anyway, back to Greg's point about the music. I, I think you're right because if they tried to make Wade's World now, yeah, it wouldn't be tr- public access. It'd be YouTube or, 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 or a podcast. But also, if it were about music, it'd be like, oh my God, Mumford and Sons. We're not worthy. <laughs> really? <laughs> back then, like the the most popular bands in the world were kind of cool. Like, like Aerosmith was, was cool, you know? And, yeah. and, and, uh, now like, you know, who's number one on the billboard charts? Like it tends, it, it tends to be music that's young. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's Excuse like the nine year old girl, basically. Yeah. And even, even if the music is, is good, it's like, you can't just, you can't just rep that. Like, that like yeah we're all about Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande and and uh, Adele like you might want to take the bumper stickers off your car Tim well I I, I can rep that I'm a dad <laughs> yeah or even even Kanye everybody yeah. fucking loves to suck his dick for some reason and I don't get it hey Kanye Kanye did an excellent job in the Wayne's World uh, SNL 40th anniversary special where the whole time they're they're teasing Kanye that he can't interrupt them. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> he's that like sitting in the scary. audience, he stands up and they sit him back down. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. Was it Kanye that was with Mike Myers that time with the Katrina? Yes. Was it George Bush yeah. doesn't care about black people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Mike Myers just tried to 
make himself invisible yeah. on TV. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but look, Mike Myers shot him like, what'd you just say? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Kanye fan, though. I, I would wear not worthy Kanye. I'd, uh, Early Kanye, yes. Current Kanye, no. I, I, you don't like uh, you don't like Life of Pablo. I'm, no. Uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> so so back to <laughs> yeah, I disagree. Yeah, I, I still just listen to my old ELO records, so I'm not the one to talk to for that. <laughs> yeah. like, when, when, you know, we're talking about stuff that's you know dated from it. The concept of doing a music video, oh, like man. like that Rob Lowe's to get her a music video, and she's shooting with this, yeah. with uh, Daryl's dad's favorite snake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Such a weird face. You think they got that snake? You think they got that snake from Alice Cooper? Like they just borrowed it from his van or something? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. While well, you're here, we've like, got yeah. an idea. Come can, we, can we use that? Yeah. yeah. And Alice Cooper would be like, well, you have to obtain the proper permits from the ASPCA while filming. Shit. There's just a lot of stuff in this that I don't know how. I, I think you could have the concept of the characters work, but you'd have to change almost the entire. Well, also you have a uh, you have this thing where like Garth has these like like deep anxiety issues that are kind of played for laughs, and I don't even know if that would work anymore. Ah, uh, yeah, there'd be a protest about uh, that now. Although him tasering a big dude at a club. Uh, that, that could still work. Yeah, that's universal. The, 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 the little homemade yeah. taser yeah. and then like flinging it around and all the girls loving him for it. Yeah. <laughs> A shout out to Dana Carvey for actually being able to do that drum solo as well. That's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, as a as a drummer myself, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, I always remember sitting there thinking, is he really doing that? And then watching it going, well, it matches up, like, and he's doing no, he the was. movements to it, and then, yeah, and then I found out later that, yeah, he is, like, a full-on uh, drummer musician himself as well, so. Yeah, you you, you didn't watch, uh, I'm going back to me being a stand-up nerd, uh, Dana Carvey's seminal stand-up special for HBO that got played on, you know, on uh, after Saturday Night Live on the local channels in Arizona, over and over and over, <laughs> where he, he had a drum solo in it, he sang guitar and had his Neil Young impression and sang Chopping Broccoli and all that stuff. And but and yeah, broccoli, like, like, and, and he played keyboard. Yeah, and he played keyboard. It was just this tour de force where oh shit, Dana Carvey is talented at every fucking thing he does. He yeah. can play keyboards, guitars, and drums, and he does every voice in the world. This is the greatest human who ever existed. That was <laughs> <laughs> that, that reminds me actually of you saying, you know, he can play this and that and the other. It just reminded me of um, Dave Grohl, and I figured like that would be the band in in the Wayne's World movie today, probably Foo Fighters or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it would be kind of the closest thing to it, I think, would be. Yeah. He he is the closest thing to a rock god who's still alive right now. I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, except for like, some really old dudes, like I mean, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant are still alive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Axl yeah, Rose yeah. is yeah. still alive. Sure, I just mean contemporary. Yeah. Yeah. So it's current sort of yeah they haven't yeah, they haven't not, not, like Foo Fighters haven't live. moved into that nostalgic act yet. Paul They're McCartney still, is still alive. I'm aware, you know. Yeah. Oh, and that but 
in that in that Wayne's World uh, MTV special, they watched the video for Heart Shaped Box, and, and and they're like, "Is he saying Hey Wayne?" <laughs> like, listen, <laughs> listen, Chet, if you've got a complaint, you could just call us. Hey, yeah. Wayne. <laughs> That's awesome. That's all I'm gonna hear now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, speaking of Wayne's World too, um, when when that movie came out in the theaters, I was I was finally I was finally caught up to you know my where my cool cousin I think wanted me to be. Um, so I went and saw it with my buddy, and and for some reason we got Burger King beforehand. I, I have it in my head that Burger King had some kind of special promotion with Wayne's World Two, where you get like a Wayne's World Two watch or something like that with your burger. <laughs> um, but but I can't find anything on the internet about this, so maybe I'm just like dreaming this up. But we ate Burger King, uh, which is a terrible choice. Wayne's World yes. uh, has has always had this uh, the, the the tagline: "You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll hurl." And in the middle of Wayne's World 2, my buddy Wit gets up and just hurls in the movie theater. And it wasn't, it wasn't a lot. It was a small and tasteful amount of hurl. Um, <laughs> what? But, but for what? me, it, it made... Did the, he what, spew into a little like, cup? It wasn't, it wasn't so much <laughs> that it made like a big mess that we had to leave. Like He kind of he just got it all on the floor in the row in front of us. And so we just kind of sat back down and finished the movie. Um, uh-huh. and, 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 and for me, that made the movie. <laughs> there you go. The girl did that at the bar yesterday during brunch. That's not a, that's the not table a... next to us, a really drunk girl, just turned over and puked. See, see, and then the, the, the bar is not inviting you to hurl the way that Wayne's World did. I guess so. I guess that's true. And puking at brunch, you have to wonder, did you get so destroyed at brunch you're puking? Or were you trying to just tear the dog last night and just couldn't do it? Uh, yeah. Well, Jared, you need to understand the concept of Dubai brunch. That's, it's that's Friday brunch, fair. it's afternoon, and it's unlimited drinks for five hours. That's what brunch means in Dubai. I want to do brunch that, now. That sounds really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want brunch on Fridays, too. You have, you have destroyed the Los oh, yeah. Angeles brunch, which is just late brunch. Like, fuck yeah, Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, once again, I invite you to check out his album live at the Burj Khalifa. If if we're talking about Wayne's World too, can I just say as well? I was really surprised. Like I watched the two movies uh, this week, and I actually found myself laughing more at Wayne's World too. Really? Which I yeah, like the, maybe because I hadn't seen it as much. You know, I think this is probably maybe only like the third time I'd ever seen it or something like that. But. Um, like yeah, the, just some of the the jokes and things. And I just found myself like laughing a lot more than than the first one. Any any jokes in particular is, that, that stood out for you? Uh, nothing in particular. Just little things like I like the roadie. Like I thought he was oh, like I just yeah, like I just was cracking up at some of his stuff, and um, like just the whole. I like that even in '93 they were already making jokes about. Keith, uh, Keith Richards, he can't be killed by <laughs> conventional means, yeah. like 25, 6 years ago. Yeah, still, still alive. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, just little things like, uh, I, I liked the Charlton Heston thing that they did. Oh, you yeah. Know, like, can we get a better actor and all that? Like, just little things. Like, I, I don't know why. Just, I, I really day. didn't think, like, I was really expecting to put Waynesville 2 in and be like, oh, yeah, right, I better watch this for the podcast. <laughs> and then, it was like, oh, that was actually, yeah. I just think it falls away towards the end of like the last sort of. It seemed to me like they'd come up with this idea of, oh, let's do a spoof on the whole graduate ending 
and they just needed somewhere to put it. So all of a sudden, Cassandra's getting married to Christopher Walken, which really had no basis in the whole movie at all, but not that it needs to. It's only a, it's not like it needs this great plot uh, ex- explanation, but yeah, it seemed like they just wanted to wrap up the movie, so they just kind of did. And then they went into the trope of let's do the let's do the Thelma and Louise ending, let's do the Scooby Doo ending. So, but apart from that, yeah, I remember that shit. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't work. To, that was one point in the second movie where I was like, ah, that's not as good. Like the first movie with the three different endings worked so much better. Yeah. Probably because it was the first time. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that you know may not hold up if you try to do that now. This, to the to a modern audience, the Scooby Doo ending, like Scooby Doo is not what it was in the early '90s. Like, you know, we'd all get it, but would a younger generation get you know a Scooby Doo ending? Like, other than what they do, where they have the multiple different ones, I'm sure they'd get that, but would they get the reference to Scooby Doo? Hmm. I think so, because Scooby Doo is still around and still making yeah. cartoons and. I mean, even WWE does stuff with Scooby Doo. It's pretty. Uh, universal. I don't know. Maybe not. Like if if you made references like to the Flintstones or something, like people still, everyone would know who that is. It's that's and, that kind of you know. And even still, you, the, the phrase "if it weren't for you meddling kids," that's mm. kind of in the zeitgeist, you know. I do like that they actually uh, did the exact Scooby Doo thing because the person under the mask is always the person that is just in the show for like. <laughs> half a second and that's mm-hmm. yeah i remember watching the scooby-doo movie that they did the shitty one with with um freddie prince jr and all that and at the end i'm like the, you know let's see who you really are i'm like it has to be scrappy because he's the only guy that's been in it for like 30 seconds and then it was I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah so that's the, the scooby-doo <laughs> formula uh holds up even in Wayne's World. Like, oh, it's old man Smithers from the amusement park. But Wayne's World, Wayne's World did, a, did a great job setting up all those gangs. You know, it's, mm. it's, I loved that. It's almost because, you, you, you know, we get that one second where we meet old man Withers, you see the, the, the sparking soundboard, you know, the first time that we see Wayne's basement. Um, all those... All the those watermelons. Well, that's... And that's kind of all they do in Wayne's World, too, one, is, yeah. they, is they really draw that out. They exaggerate it. They're like, yeah, our job is to stack watermelons here just to make sure there's watermelons stacked. These guys have crates of chickens, and these guys walk back <laughs> and forth with a big glass panel. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, well, our work here is done. And they, they yeah. just leave. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Wayne looks at the camera, I, I wonder if this is going to pay off later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then also, you know, when they meet Chris Farley, it's like, that was an awful lot of information for a security guard, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> it seemed extraneous at the time. It, it was Those interesting the- Chris Farley doing the Chris Farley, like, I'm tough guy stance. Yeah. Like, he, he definitely has that, you know, real shoulders back, real, I'm going to kind of hold my arms in a flex position. You know, and he does that every now and then. And it's just like, God, I miss Chris Farley. Yeah. 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 Where did, like, like, all in, uh, of his gestures are with his forearms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He did that a lot in, um, he has a similar little small role in Airheads as well, which yeah. is, um, oh, God. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorites. I love that movie. Um, a similar thing too, where you couldn't really do that movie again today with yeah, the that, rock and roll thing either. That's a great cable movie where I've seen that on TV a dozen times probably. And yeah, every think, time it comes on, no matter where it is in the in the movie, I'll be like, all right, I got to watch the rest of this movie. <laughs> me and a couple of friends, like 
when we were sort of just out of school in the last year of school and and sort of just out of it every weekend we would meet up at someone's house you know one of the four or five of us and airheads would just be on in the background while we were drinking just as a you know background <laughs> movie thing and it's yeah i watched it about a couple of months ago and i still think it holds up so. the lone rangers yeah there's three of you <laughs> <laughs> and you look at that movie now and you would never assemble that cast today because they're too famous essentially a lot of them anyway it's um you know like Adam Brendan Sandler, Fraser, Adam Sandler, Steve Buscemi, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. They don't even seem like they could all be the same age. That's but like they're they not. I, yeah, yeah. Well, here's, <laughs> here's the thing. I think you could get the three of those guys together because Buscemi and Sandler are good friends. They like working together, and Brendan yeah. Fraser isn't exactly like in a position to turn down roles left and right. Yeah, and Joe Mantegna isn't exactly, you know, Tom Cruise. <laughs> well, Tom, oh, Cruise is, Tom Cruise is the new Brendan Fraser in the movie. <laughs> so. yeah, I suppose, yeah, when you when you think about it, you probably could get him, but yeah. At, at the you know, time, let's, they weren't. When that movie came out, they were exact kind of same famous. Actors. Yeah. <laughs> Just catch yeah. up with them 30 that's years a, later. That's, that's the remake idea that, not like, a, like a straightforward, like straight up remake. Everything's the same except for so they're just older. Shot, shot for shot. <laughs> just, yeah, exact same movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's just in high def this time. <laughs> Shoot it in 3D. Yeah, 3D, 3D, 4K, HDR, Dolby yeah. Atmos. Well, they couldn't, they couldn't do it with uh, Airheads anyway because, yeah, Chris Farley, um, uh, Egon. Uh, C- Egon C- is there. <laughs> so no CGI, CGI them in. Uh, Harold use, Ramis, you, that no, you know what would be perfect? You just use Kevin Farley. And Whoa. just <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> and then bring, bring uh, Dan Aykroyd can sub in for yeah. Harold Ramis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even uh, even Lemmy has the cameo and he's dead too. So. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> you just use Jim you know, we, we need to give Airheads the Ghostbusters treatment, have it all with chicks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call it scholars or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway. Yeah. Um, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. <laughs> Was this about Wayne's World? Yeah. Sorry. Well, a lot of the cast <laughs> pops up. Chris Farley turned the tangent there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we talked an hour about Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> the Great Tommy White Ball. Hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only got one it more, is, one more it is funny just quickly to, to when I watched it I, I noticed how like young Mike Myers was in oh, this yeah. and I looked it up and he's like 28 or 29 or something I was like wow like when you watch a movie as a kid you know everyone seems so old and uh, now it's like oh that guy's like 10 years younger than me <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's even more amazing though if you go back to like uh, you can see on YouTube like the very first Wayne's World sketch from SNL and and like his his voice is like a full octave higher. He looks so young. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. So Timmy said you had one other point for. Oh yeah, I have one other bullet point here, and it just says babes. Babes. I mean, like we've talked a little bit about babes, but have we talked enough about babes? I don't uh, think so. All right. <laughs> well, we had Rosario. Yeah. Are, are we going to get any better than talking about Daryl's dad's? <laughs> <laughs> 
heavens. I mean, we, we know the highlight of babes in this story now. Like, Yeah. I mean, both and Boyle looked good. Yeah. Uh, Rosario Dawson, not even in this movie. Yeah, well, we spent some time on uh, that. Yeah. Um, had the blonde... Why, why, here's a question with Tia Carrera. Why did they make her do that accent? Like, oh <laughs> yeah, that was that's not her. That she's was the like other thing American. I was gonna. I was gonna talk about that. Yeah, because she's Hawaiian, but she was ostensibly from Hong Kong. Yeah, but yeah. actually, I well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not from Hong Kong, but she did a serviceable job with that accent. I think. Yeah, I just wonder why they had to. Like, it doesn't make any difference. I don't care. I just, yeah. I just think like someone had to make that decision though, and say, why hey, not you know just what? make her some? Yeah, why not make her a Polynesian princess or something? Because I feel like you couldn't have then gotten Mike Myers speaking Cantonese poorly in subtitles. Yeah. I think that that was the whole setup for that was, oh, she's got to have a foreign accent so we can have Mike Myers speak the language poorly. But then then her her needing a green card also became kind of a major plot point in Wayne's World 2. But I feel like her character arc was a lot lazier there. And uh, and that's kind of how she ended up having to Russian and marrying Christopher Walken. I guess I didn't pick up on that the first time around. Was she Russian or was she Walken in the marriage? But but no, she was Chinese. Oh, <laughs> she was not Russian. She yeah. was Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to turn yeah. my horrible, horrible joke into a worse joke. <laughs> That's teamwork, Tim. Alright. Okay, that about wraps things up. Uh, party on, everybody. <laughs> um, final thoughts, anybody? Yeah, um, final thoughts? Uh, it was a, it, it's a fun movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, has, it has a much broader cultural impact than anybody ever really would have expected, I think. Yeah. Well, I guess the, the question becomes, where does it fall in the scheme of SNL movies? Like, is it, of the movies based on SNL shows, where, where does it fall? Or, or SNL skips? I mean, it's clearly I, I, above Night of the Roxbury. I mean, that's pretty easy, but... I mean, I think, I think you, the, the only SNL movie that you can make an argument for being better than Wayne's World would be Blues Brothers. It is. It is, Blues yeah. Brothers is the best. I, I think I think it just goes by time. Blues Brothers Blues Brothers is the best. Wayne's World is a close number two, and then comes everything else. Like Night at the Roxbury had its moments. I kind of liked that movie actually, but you know, like Superstar, I didn't really like. Uh, I didn't see Stuart Saves His Family, and I heard that was really good. I remember liking you guys Stuart Saves His Family, and now and now Al Franken is like. The most badass senator that we have Jeez. in America. Yeah, he's our it's, most important yeah. senator, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> How the hell did that happen? Yeah. He's John McCain now. Yeah. Uh, um, the other one we've got, you could look at it. You know, you've got Ladies Man. A little bit more recent, you've got McGruber. I liked Ladies Man. I thought that was pretty funny. I, I did too. I, I thought that um, was. And and McGruber was uh, was such a hard bomb. And what was oh, McGruber was so fucking funny though. Yeah, I haven't and I, I haven't seen it. Good. Like, uh, I, I I really want oh, to see, see it. it. And and uh, I, I would, there's a couple of movies that that, that I, I should be writing down for this podcast that I'm supposed to see. But yeah, McGruber for sure. Um, McGruber is 
really, really funny. I saw it at a dollar theater alone and was just laughing my head off. Val Kilmer is phenomenal in that movie. It is. It will surprise you, not only at how funny it is, but how dirty it is. It's a really dirty movie. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I, I'd be willing to sit and watch that again. Yeah, but, but, yeah. Uh, but it, it, it lost money at the box office, and, yeah. and that's just... Like, I know. And it makes... And, and SNL, like, I, it, it feels, in retrospect... Well, actually, even at the time, it felt like SNL was in this golden age when you had guys like Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, uh, all on the show at the same time. But, and, and, you know, lately, like, the cast seems like they've been in kind of a, a bit more of a flux. Like, there's been a lot of turnover in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, some, of their, some of their best players, like Kristen Wiig, Bill Hader, have kind of have, have left the scene. Um, Don't forget Forte. Yeah, yeah Forte. Uh, another movie we didn't make, Coneheads. Oh, yeah. yeah. Coneheads was not that good. I didn't like that that much. I but I didn't like the sketch of Coneheads. I thought that was a stupid conceit, anyway. Yeah, well, I remember watching that Coneheads. Uh, it was it was okay. It, like I got it was it was it was enjoyable when I was a kid. I don't know if I go back and watch it now. The Ladies Man I thought was pretty funny. It was. Reach down to everything you've got and yeah. do it in the butt. That's right. Macavati. <laughs> uh, and also, I mean, Tiffany Amethyst. Swing, yeah. swing, swing, yeah. swing. And and Will Ferrell all oiled up, swing. <laughs> no, not. But <laughs> well then, I'll, I'll throw a swing <laughs> to the to the to the dulcet tones of Billy D. Williams. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. What what else are we missing? Any other? Oh, it's Pat was terrible. Oh, that. Yeah. I didn't like the sketch. And you, yeah, I didn't like the sketch, and the movie was terrible. Uh, yeah, I hated everything about it. Can, can you imagine trying to release that movie now? Like, that, yeah, that's a good that, point. That, that couldn't happen. Like, it's like, yeah. it's, did you just assume my gender? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> movie over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It w- it would be it would be interesting. I don't think you could do it. I don't think you'd get it anywhere near production. Yeah. Now. Why can't I just be ambiguous? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Credits. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Although I mean, is 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 the movie is the movie really about like Pat not being comfortable being gender ambiguous, or is it about like everyone else hat like needing so desperately to know right. this person's gender? You're right. Um, yeah. In, so in I, that I context, I, you might actually be able to put it out now. Like, if, we, yeah, can, can with we, the can we morality find a, you know, there's there's something. There's certainly something that would still resonate with, with, you know, the level of discomfort that so many people feel with, with gender identity, but, but I don't, yeah, no. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, for this discussion, we, we, we've lost Greg at this point. So we're going to take a pause right yeah. now and give a second for Greek to be able to cut in later with his thoughts if he cares to do so. One, two, three, <laughs> pause. Pause. I don't. I don't really have too, too much to say right now. <laughs> What's that? Okay, and that's enough of Greek for today. <laughs> wow, <laughs> <Greg>. not, his, <laughs> what a totally amazing, excellent insight. Yeah, you, your thoughts were really appreciated there. We, we're so proud of you for doing that. Um, so, final thoughts on Wayne's World? Anything we got, or are we good to go? 
Um, I have one more stupid story. Go for it. <laughs> when, uh, when I was in the eighth grade, um, I had a, a friend who had moved away to Hawaii, and for some reason, uh, I decided purely for his amusement that I was going to rewrite the entire script of Wayne's World to be about me and my friends. Um, <laughs> And just and just yeah, just kind of send it off to him. But I, so I wound up doing this, going through this whole exercise. Um, and but I was really proud of the thing that I wrote. And and so I printed it out and I put it in a folder. And this starts like circulating throughout my entire eighth grade class. Um, and then and then it wound up kind of biting me in the ass because uh, you know he had there was this girl named Jessica who was like the the head cheerleader, but also like on the honor roll and like everybody had a crush on her. You know, Jessicas are always hot. Oh oh yeah, of course. Rage. Of course they are, especially in, in, in grade school. And, uh, um, and, and, you know, my friend who had moved away was, was you know, he was, he was really, uh, he, was, he was all in on her from, like, day one when he first came to our school. And uh, so, so, of course, I made her, like, the, the Cassandra character in the script. Uh, and then people, like, everybody in my class read this thing somehow and uh, would come back to me. And nobody was like, hey, that was really funny. Everybody was like, so, you like Jessica, huh? <laughs> it's like it's like, what, like, what, like I, I didn't know how to react to that, and I, I don't know. I didn't play it off well. Um, it was just kind of like, uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like doing like I, I, I'm I'm throwing my hat in the ring with the rest of the school who also likes Jessica. Right. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's an adorable story. I'm, yeah. Now I know why we're doing this right now. That's, there you go. Uh, <laughs> my my only additional point that that hasn't been mentioned is Brian Doyle Murray is a great straight man in this movie. Okay. I don't think you're going to get any argument on that one. Yeah. I have, I have nothing to add other than his, you know, canny what to the, a sphincter says what scene was really good. And he, you know, him being the owner of Noah's arcade, just thinking he's all hot shit. And, you know, and the, just we have two out. of every machine. Yeah, and the, Daryl, the, the, the joke in the beginning of the movie where they're where they're listing off the programs they've produced, and they're like the African American Digest, and he's like, oh, I've never heard of that one. <laughs> that was a joke that was like way over my head when I was a kid, but now it's like, oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that now, uh, if you if you see a picture of Mike Myers today, he looks an awful lot like Brian Doyle Murray. Really? Like if like there there seem to be pictures like of him with kind of white hair floating around on the internet. Okay. We'll, we'll see if we can get a picture that posted uh, with the podcast. We'll, we'll send it out from Twitter and we'll post it on unfunnynerdtangent.com uh, dot so that you can have the visual reference of current Mike Myers. Well, <laughs> now now I will preface this with we're gonna make Tim find this picture. I have to find and if this. It looks, if it looks nothing like Brian Doyle Murphy, please yeah. bring blame Tim for this. Okay, all right. I, 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 take, I take responsibility for this, and, uh, and 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 yeah, I like Jessica. All right, fuck you. <laughs> uh, um, and so, uh, speaking of unfunnynerdtangent.com, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at unfunnynerdtangent. Uh, like us on Facebook at unfunnynerdtangent. Uh, you can follow Greg at GregT13. That's G R E I G. Uh, you follow. Daryl at Zazamplop. You can follow Jared at SuperJew75 and follow me at Tim Ogney and check out my dad blog at attackofthedead.com. 
Uh, of course, all roads lead back to thesteelcage.com and at the steel cage. Um, and don't forget to uh, purchase a steel cage t-shirt. They are anybody? The, the king, king of, of soft, soft style. style. Like you. Um, so great that even Daryl's girl and my girlfriend will both wear those shirts because they're so comfy. There so, you go. Ladies yep. love them. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they, they look uh, hot on them. If uh, if I may say so, Schwing. Yeah, you're damn right. Did you just hit on my girlfriend, Tim? I think, I mean, I'm just you know, it's a. It's just like Jessica all over again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> damn it, Wayne's World always getting me in trouble. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, that about wraps it up. Just go out to the public. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> They've listened through the rest of this. If they get to this point in the podcast, yeah. they deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So this is uh, this is the the only ending. Uh, and remember, kids, uh, you have not heard Dreamweaver playing the whole time. That's that's just the sound of our voices. Tonight. There you go. <laughs> All right. Nice. Well, I'll put some stingers in.